Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, Building Blocks for the Christian Life, Gratitude, and is based on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1-14. through 14. It was delivered on Sunday, October 2nd, 2022, by Pastor Steve Pierce. If you have a pew Bible in front of you, please grab it or your iPhone, a tablet, whatever you have, and turn to 2 Timothy. This is 966, page 966. Listen now for the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day recalling your tears I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I am sure lives in you for this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands, for God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this I, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. This is the word of the Lord. For those of you who may be here for your first time, um, we are in the midst of a sermon series on First and Second Timothy. And we are reading these lectionary passages to gain insights of how we might grow in Christ, deepen our relationship in him, but also build the blocks that create 
a better life in his name. And we've covered subjects such as mercy, and uh, now we're talking about gratitude this morning. This is the Apostle Paul's final message. These are his famous last words, if you will. He wrote it from a prison to his dear protege, Timothy. And it's really unclear how much time has passed from 1 Timothy to 2 Timothy, but what we do know is that his situation has worsened. His situation is now perilous as he is in the deepest throes of his court trial. The apostle knows that his future looks bleak and he doesn't really expect to survive this ordeal. And so it is out of this very dark situation that he appeals to the young Timothy, the pastor on assignment in Ephesus. What's interesting about this letter is he he asked Timothy to come visit him as soon as possible so that he might pass on his church planting wisdom and knowledge. And then later in the letter, in order to not freeze to death in prison, he says to Timothy, please bring my winter cloak. I need it. And while you're at it, Put my scrolls and other documents that I left in Troas in with it and bring it to me. And then he emphasizes strongly, don't listen to the man named Alexander. He doesn't know anything about the gospel and he is leading people away from the faith. Have nothing to do with him. It's a very specific letter. But in this letter we feel the apostle's emotion in his heart. It's noteworthy that he starts with gratitude. He thanks God for Timothy and his family, and he gives thanks for Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. They immersed Timothy in the stories of the faith, the Hebrew scriptures, and they instilled in him a deep faith in Jesus, the Messiah, And it was because of that firm faith that the apostle challenged Timothy to reject any temptation to be ashamed of this good news. He repeats himself often, says it is good news, it's wonderful news, and it's the very reason why I now suffer in prison. If you look at the letter, it's a great example of what we call testament writing. And testament writing is when an author takes the opportunity to summarize an important teaching when it's time to say, so long, farewell. We see the same thing in John's gospel in chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 when Jesus pulls together the things that are most important to him and the things that he wants his disciples to remember when he's gone. Moses gives a testament on Mount Sinai just before the tribes of Israel enter the promised land without him. Testament writing. Testament writing. A testament is what we leave behind as a witness to what matters most. And it reminds us of our our shared history, tells us who we are, 
and reinforces our shared mission. It's an opportunity for any teacher, for any leader, to get in one last lesson summarizing all the learning that has taken place in the hope that it will somehow stick and be carried forward. I know I have teachers in the sanctuary. I know I've got coaches in the sanctuary. I know that some of you have been leaders in larger corporations. Some of you have retired recently. Some of you retired early. Think about the lessons you've learned that you wanted to pass on to your children or to your coworkers, to the people that you've worked with these many years. Think of what you've said to them and how you want them to carry on the good work that you first started years ago. We can't help but notice that the apostles' gratitude for Timothy is, is so strong. It, 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 it's palpable, especially during those times when he remembers him in his prayers. And he goes on to say how he longs to see him in person so that his joy might be filled might be complete. We can feel this emotion as he says, do these things when I'm gone. Do them. Remember me. Remember to do the things that I taught you. It is the way it must be. The apostle wants to be sure that the work done up until this point in time will bear fruit in the future. It's the importance of calling on the past as the foundation for the future. And I think this letter, though written for Timothy and other leaders in the first century, speaks to us in the 21st century. The words connect Timothy's past to his present so that he'll keep remembering, recalling, reminding, rekindling into the future. He is to be bold, he is not to be ashamed, He is to rely on God's power. The same can be said of us today. With the foundation laid and our identity formed, the apostle wants to make sure that we know what our priorities are. And what are they as Christians? Well, the more we read the letter, the more we we see what our mission truly is. It's to reveal Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, just as the apostle had done before us. Did you hear what I said? Our job is to share good news that Jesus Christ has destroyed death once and for all, life True life, he writes, true life and immortality to light through the gospel. When is the last time you ever gave witness to the good news of Jesus Christ? When did you sit with someone and say, I want to share with you the greatest news that has ever come to humankind? Let me tell you about Jesus who conquered death. 
And this brings us really to the heart of the apostles' teaching. He says, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. I will be bold. For I know the one in whom I have put my trust. And I am sure that he is able. I am sure that he is able to guard until that day when I have entrusted to him. We'll sing that hymn in just a few moments. It's a powerful hymn. In our gratitude, we hold to the standard of sound teaching and we guard the good treasure entrusted to us with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, we all know that we need to trust God, but have you ever thought that God trusts you? No, I'm serious. Have you ever thought about how God trusts you? And God trusts me. Each of us has been entrusted with the gift of faith and how we use the gift of faith really does matter. It does matter. God trusts that we will use our gift well, nourish it, develop it, and share it with the people around us. And as crazy as it sounds, God trusts us. God trusts you. And God trusts me. You have something to offer. You have a story. And your faith, the way you communicate it to others, can make a difference. A huge difference. No matter where you are. Like so many churches in our city and in our region and in our state and our country, we've seen so much change over the last few years. And dare I say, we have seen radical change the last three years. You can chalk it up to COVID. You can say it's political. You got people on this side of the aisle. You got people on the other side of the aisle. We have made politics a total thing. So now we can only see people in a certain light and we demonize them because if they voted for a particular politician, God forbid we should associate with them ever going forward. We've talked about human sexuality, and it's come with a cost. People have left the church on both sides of the aisle. We have churches in the Reformed Church in America that have already petitioned to leave. And why? Because why? How is breaking covenant with other believers worth it? What, because you have some copyright on the truth that we don't know about? Because you believe that other Christians are no longer willing to stand on the truth of God's word? Have we lost our minds? Some of us aren't sure what to do and where this is all going to go. Some of us are waiting to see what will transpire before we offer our prayers, lend our voice, use our gifts, and our witness. As your pastor, I can tell you, don't, don't wait. <laughs> That's not what this passage is saying. We can't wait. God is not done with any one of us yet. And keep in mind, the community always knows more than the individual. 
And in a day and age where rugged individualism reigns supreme, I think the better part of wisdom for us is to lean into one another because it's a collective wisdom where we rely on each other to share the good news, to build each other up in the faith. This is not a time to step away. It is a time to step up in faith. And the reason is, is because God trusts us to live out our purpose. The purpose, as the apostle reminds us, is to stay centered in Jesus Christ. And if that's not enough, I don't know what is. If Jesus isn't enough, I don't know what is. We stay centered on Christ so we can offer Christ to others. We stay centered on Christ so we can offer him to others. We place our full trust in God because God is trusting us with the greatest gift imaginable. God is counting on us. And so our gratitude for all God has done, is doing, and will do. And the work of the Holy Spirit in us is the fuel that keeps us going. We gotta stop complaining. We gotta stop blaming other people. We need to step up and trust and do exactly what God is calling us to do together. That's why I'm grateful for today, World Communion Sunday. Think about the millions, billions of Christians who have already celebrated the sacrament of the Lord. So have, have sung the praise songs and the hymns in different languages, have already shared the bread and the cup, and have celebrated the gift that God has entrusted to them. We get to do the same in just a few moments. And we're reminded again that it's a testament. It's a testament grounded in knowing who we are and what has brought us together. It's a testament in knowing that the gospel is what draws us together and gives us purpose moving into the future. And so in our gratitude, Let's place our trust in the one who completely trusts in us. Let's pray. Our gracious God, thank you for trusting us with the gift of faith. Your gospel has radically transformed our lives for it is your forgiveness that sustains us as nothing else can. Today as we celebrate the greatest gift that is ours in Christ, may we be grateful. And grant that the words we have heard this day may, through your grace, be so grafted within our hearts that they will bring forth in us the fruits of your Holy Spirit to the honor and praise of your most holy name.
through Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and all God's people say, Amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids. We hope you'll give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and the ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website at www.centralreformedchurch.org.